morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Just excited for what God's doing in this church. Praise the Lord. You know, we've been here just uh, a little bit shy of two years. Actually, Easter, it will be us celebrating two years here. So, man, we just got a new beginning here at this place, purposing to grow the church. And so just thank you for being here. And if you don't know who I am, I'm the pastor of the church along with my beautiful wife, Kelly. My name's Tony Umber. So, again, we're just so thankful that you're here. For all of you that are tuning in online, we're just so thankful that you're a part of our online church and counted a blessing and honor to have you with us. Praise God. Well, we're just believing that God's going to do some awesome things today. Amen. You know, we've been in a series for the last couple of weeks, and the series that we've been on has really been entitled Healer, just plain and simple. And the healer is Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the great physician. And so we've been intentional in some things that we're doing or that we have been doing in the last couple of weeks. One, we've just been endeavoring to talk about the goodness of God and the favor of God and just how he wants to love on his people, really just getting us in a position and an attitude to be in faith to receive when we come on this particular day. We said that this was a day that we're going to actually pray for individuals that have need of physical healing in their body, maybe in their mind or whatever it else might be within your body. And we're just believing and trusting and knowing that Jesus, the healer, is going to make an appearance. Amen. And the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So we were praising God this morning. So the minute you stepped in, so did Jesus. He stepped in, he's here, and he's just ready to meet your needs this morning. And, you know, God's been doing some amazing things really just in the last several months. I mean, we've, we've seen several stories of individuals that have just seen God move miraculously in their life. There was one individual that uh, they had a, a, a uh, brain scan. There was some things going on within her body, and they took a brain scan, and they saw that there was a dark spot on the brain and they said we don't understand and don't know what that is but that is not normal it's not right and so we're going to have to continue to look at these things to see what we need to do and so she just endeavored to trust God and believe God that he was the healer and is the healer still and then the next time she went in to get some results she uh, went in for the MRI I believe it was and they said you know what whatever was there is not there but we want to give you a second opinion and so they sent her somewhere else got the second opinion and the doctor said you know what you're good to go. No worries. So praise the Lord. God's moving. Amen. Another individual had a spot on their lung. They were having some difficulties with their breathing and just, uh, uh, just I don't know exactly the condition, but they took some testing and some x-rays and he found, or the doctor found a spot on the lung and so they scheduled him to go have surgery. I don't know if it was to remove it or to do a biopsy, but the morning that he went in, they said, well, let's take another x-ray just to make sure we know what we're dealing with and see where it's at and see if it's grown or anything of that nature. So they went in to take the x-rays and they came back out and says, well, we don't know where it went. There was something there, but there's nothing there now. And so they said, we're just going to have to go ahead and send you on home. He said, so I'm good to go. I said, you're good to go. I said, well, all right. Praise the Lord. I got the call. I said, hey, I'm good to go. 
Then we had another individual just a matter of a few weeks ago having some heart issues. And again, we could go on story after story telling you just amazing things. But just, again, it excites me just to share some of the stories of God's goodness. But this one individual had some heart issues. It was having some difficulty of just uh, being fatigued and tired. And the doctor says, well, let's go do some tests on, the, on your heart. And uh, as they did some tests, they said, you know, there is some major abnormality there. And... Uh, they were actually scheduled, I don't know if it was exploratory surgery or if they were actually going in, but they were going in prepared to put in possibly nine stents into the heart for any blockages that were there. When they got inside, they said, everything is completely clear and open. And he says, well, do I have to stay here at the hospital? Is there anything else? And they said, well, no, we can send you on home. In fact, I was on my way to go see him at the hospital. And they said, well, I'll just go ahead and turn around, turn around come on home. Praise God. So again, we see that God is still in the miracle working business. And so if you're here today, then I want you to know you're in the right place at the right time. And so you might be here and you, you, you know, you might be like a lot of individuals coming and being full of anxiety and just kind of concerned, thinking, well, dear God, we're going to give one last Hail Mary. We're going to see what God can do here, and maybe we'll get some answers there. And so as you come, it might be as though you feel anxious and thinking, God, hopefully we'll get some answers today. I want to encourage you this morning to put your faith in neutral. What I mean by that is because we can try to engage our faith and get it into gear. And a lot of times it's a lot of stress and worry and concern thinking, God, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I want you to just put your faith in neutral this morning. Be at rest. Be at peace. Because the healer, Jesus Christ, is alive and well. He's here this morning. He's doing office hours this morning. And so praise the Lord. We're going to see him do what he does best. Amen. And so the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever was a healer, then he was and he is still today. And so we're going to see him do some tremendous things. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. If you're in need this morning, I just want you to get ready, get expecting, and just, just be believing with me that we're going to see God do some tremendous things. Amen. Well, you know, in the, the course of the last couple of weeks in talking about this subject matter, we said that there's been a lot of conversation concerning Jesus and that he was coming. Obviously, you know, we're getting ready to celebrate Easter next week and really celebrating the fact that he came. But as we begin to look at the history of humanity, we begin to see that really there was a lot of conversation about what Jesus was going to do what he was coming to do. And then in most modern years, we have had conversation about what Jesus has done or what he did do when he came, right? And so once again, we begin to see that there was a whole lot more conversation about what he was coming to do rather than what he did do. But the fact of the matter, what he was coming to do, he did do and he's still doing today, right? Amen. And so when we start really looking at and analyzing what Jesus came to do and what he did do, there's really a consensus, if you will, for most individuals that would call themselves Christians or believers. And it surrounds this one particular talk, topic that Jesus did come to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins, to go to hell, to raise from the dead so that you and I could have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And as I said, there is a consensus about that particular topic that because of Jesus, we can receive salvation. But then when it comes to anything more outside of that, outside of Jesus going to the cross, the opinions vary. 
And so when it comes to expecting anything from God, it's questionable at best. I said when it comes to receiving from God anything outside of the bounds of salvation, it's questionable. And oftentimes we hear individuals say, well, you just never know. Well, I prayed and, you know, I didn't get answers. And so, you know, you, you just never know. You just never know what God's going to do. You just never know what you can expect God to do. You never know what you can really ask and believe God to do. But one of the things that we find, if you've ever read the Bible, from one cover to the end, from the front to the back, never in the scripture does it say that when it comes to God, when it comes to receiving from God, coming to asking God, never do we ever find a scripture that says you just never really know. You just never really know. We don't find that God approaches us that way, but yet we oftentimes approach God that way. You just never really know. Well, you know, when it comes to salvation, we said that, you know, when it comes to the consensus of believers, overwhelmingly people would say, yes, we believe that Jesus went to the cross so that we could experience salvation. And it's interesting upon that subject upon receiving forgiveness of sin, that people don't have that same attitude. When it comes to receiving forgiveness of sin or receiving salvation, you never hear somebody say, well, you just never know. I mean, I've looked at some of you and gotten to know you, and I've said, well, dear God, you just, <laughs> you just don't know about that one. <laughs> but with God, it's not that way. And really, once again, we look at the story of the cross where there was the thief, and he says, Jesus, remember me today. And he says, today you'll be with me. So we have overwhelmingly said when it comes to salvation, we never approach it with this attitude of saying, you just never know. And the reason we don't is because we've got the answer in the scripture concerning that. In Romans chapters 10, starting in verses 8, 9, and 10, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Can anybody say amen? Amen. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, and confession is made unto salvation. So based upon scriptural evidence and what Jesus came to do, when it comes to my eternal life in Christ, we emphatically say, I can believe and I can receive. Amen. It's mine because of what Jesus came to do. And as I said, you never hear somebody say, well, you just never know. No, we get excited about it, don't we? When people say, I asked Jesus into my heart, you're like, wow, praise the Lord. You get excited about that, right? But when we begin to see concerning the reason Jesus came, it was more than just eternal life. In fact, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus himself answers the why behind the what. He says this. He says, the thief comes, speaking of Satan, he says, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
In fact, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Let me say that again. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. And Jesus made note of it in John chapter 10. It's the thief that comes to steal, that comes to destroy, that comes to take your life. It's not me and it's not God. He says, but on the contrary, he says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And again, we say, well, praise the Lord. That means salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. But the actual literal translation of life more abundantly is defined as quality and quantity. I said quantity and quality. If we receive Jesus and yet we're sick for the duration of this time on earth, how many of you know that's not quality of life? Therefore, it defeats the very thing that Jesus said. And for that matter, I would take some issues with that for the fact that Jesus, you said, and it didn't pan out the way you said. And so, therefore, Jesus says, the reason that I came is not only that you would have eternal life, not that you would only be able to receive salvation, but that you could have quantity of life and quality of life. How many of you want quantity? But how many of you want the quality with the quantity? Come on, that's what I want, praise the Lord. And so that tells me that if we as God's people are not experiencing the quality and the quantity that he spoke of, and if actually I'm experiencing something stealing, killing, and destroying my life, then something is out of sorts, or really it comes down to really a lack of knowledge. And that's why so many people will say, you just never know. Maybe it's been hardship. Maybe it's been discouragement. Maybe they've been let down. Maybe they feel like they were doing their best trusting God, and for some reason they feel as God let them down. And so based on experience, they said, you just never know. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. He says, I'm no respecter of persons. So listen, I'm here to tell you God has healed my body miraculously a number of times. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. In fact, for that matter, many of you are a much better person than what I ever was. And so therefore, if God will do it for this guy, he'll surely do it for you. Amen. It's God's heart. It's God's desire. It's his desire for you to experience not only salvation of eternal life, but wholeness and healing in your body. Now, we get excited when we say that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation is not just eternal life. As we look up that scripture, the literal translation of that word is defined as perseverance, protection, deliverance, provision and prosperity, and wholeness and healing. So when you receive salvation, when you received the price or the, the, the reward of the price that Jesus paid, it was not just salvation, it was a package deal. But how many of you know that if there's a package deal but you don't know all the details of the package, there could be some things that you had that you didn't know you have. 
right? You know, has anybody ever bought a brand new car before? Some of you maybe. If you buy a car nowadays, in fact, if you was to go to the dealership, they would say, well, we got this car, we got this car. And if you like this car, we got this package and this package and this package. And with every package that they give you, there's more bells and whistles that come with the package, right? One package has AM, FM. One package has AM, FM plus cassette player and digital player. One package has leather seats. One package has leather seats with the heated leather seats. Praise the Lord. One has the air conditioner. One has tilt steering. One has power windows and whatever else. Again, you could go on and go on in the different packages of what those vehicles come with. But every time you step up or upgrade in the package, the price is more, Right? But now you might say, I can't afford that. I can't afford that package. There's one thing that is involved or is a part of every package that I just found out. I believe it again. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I heard this right. That President Obama signed into legislation that it is required that every modern or new day vehicle has a rear view camera with a little screen. So that you can see what's behind you and therefore safeguard of running over anything, right? So if you have a modern day vehicle, it's got that in the package. But one day you're backing out of the driveway and you run over little Fido. And your little son or daughter comes and says, you ran over Fido. And your wife or your husband says, well, why didn't you look in the camera? You ran him over. He was right there chewing on his bone. And you're like, I didn't know we had a camera. It's right there. That's what the screen's for. Well, at one night, I didn't know how to turn it on. I didn't know we have it. So you ran over little Fido basically because you didn't know what was available to you, but it was in the package deal, Right? And so, therefore, salvation or the package of salvation is not just eternal life and praise God for it. But he says in the package is quality and quantity of life. And therefore, you can receive wholeness and healing in your body because it's your package. Amen. Now, you might say, I can't afford that package. There's too many bells and whistles. Listen. How many of you know that the price for the package of salvation and everything that belonged to it was far more than you could ever pay for yourself? And therefore, you didn't earn it, didn't qualify for it. It was because of what Jesus did. And he paid the ultimate price, giving his life so that you could receive all the bells and whistles of salvation. Amen. So when you start thinking, God, I'm not qualified. God, I didn't do. God, I should do more. He says, it's not based on your merits. It's based on my merits. And the whole package is yours. Amen. You know, there's individuals that I've talked to within the church. And some of them are the ones I'm thinking of. They've got specific things that they're taking medication for. And They've said to me just as of late that concerning specific medications, the insurance company stopped providing coverage for the medication. And then they said, you know, this medication that I have to pay for out of my pocket now is outrageous. And I can't afford to pay for it out of pocket anymore. 
And so the moment that they stop taking the medication because they can't afford it, what happens to the quality and the quantity of life? Depending on what the medication is, quality and quantity of life could begin to diminish as a result of taking the medicine and not being able to afford it, right? And for many, they start to reason and bargain and, well, if I do this and if I do that, maybe I can get the medicine here. And just in that line of thinking, that's what some people do, and I say some, many people do, coming and start bartering with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been bartering with God. Maybe you came this morning and you started to set the boundaries of the conditions and you've said, God, I'm giving it one last shot. I'm coming to that church that I heard about that was going to pray for the sick. And, and God, if you do, then here's what I'll do. God, I'll make you a deal. And if, if, if you do X, Y, and Z, God, then I'll do this. I'll make you a deal. Now, I've been pastoring for close to 20 years now. And I can tell you that I've seen multiple miracles in the life of people. And I've got to tell you that I've never seen one single time that a miracle or somebody receiving healing from God ever changed their personal conduct of life significantly. At least not for any length of time. So here's what I'm saying. God has been doing this for thousands of years. And you know, not only you, but many before you have said, God, if you'll do, then I'll do. God, I'll bargain with you. I'll make you a deal. And God knows through the years that people don't live up to their deals or their bargaining or their, 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 their way of trying to get God to move on their behalf. But yet, time and time again, God ministers health and healing. So what am I saying? God's not wanting you to make deals with him. He wants to disminister to you because he loves you. It's not based on your merits. It's not based on what you do to earn it. He wants you to know, I just love you. And the fact that you came to receive today, I'm purposing to meet you where you're at. Amen? I mean, think about it for that matter. For those of you that have children, I've got little children, 12, 10, and 7. And there are times that they're not feeling well. And there's times that I either give them medicine or they ask for medicine. And there's never been a time that they've came to me and said, Dad, you know, I don't feel good. Can I get some medicine? And I'm like, listen, based on your behavior, I'm not going to give you any medicine. I don't like your attitude. I don't like how you've been acting. And so I'm not giving you medicine. Right? But yet we think God's that way. How many of you know that concerning your children, myself included, my wife says this to me. She says, you know, when you're not feeling good, you get grumpy. How many of you know that oftentimes your behavior or the way you're acting is based upon because you're hurting? And God understands that. 
He knows some of your, beha- your behavior, some of your attitudes, some of your thinking, some of your conversations or things that you've even said to God out of hurt or anger. He knows that that behavior is based upon sometimes you're just hurting. And it don't move God as a father. He says, I know that you're behaving that way, but I love you. And I want to get right down where you're at and love on you and heal your body. Amen. Because he's a dad. He wants to love on us. Now, once again, I want you to understand some things that, again, you don't have to earn God's love. Or you don't have to do something to to barter with God. For him to minister to you this morning. In fact, let me just set your mind at ease. How many of you realize that Jesus, when he was on the earth, and the Bible says that he healed countless individuals. It says that if the books, or it says the miracles that he did, if they were able to be listed in the volumes of the book, that the world could not contain the books of all the miracles that he did. But of all the miracles that he did while he was here, he never did one miracle or healed one Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only way that you became a Christian is upon receiving the salvation gift of what Jesus came to do. But when he's ministering to the sick, he didn't come or he didn't do what he came to do yet or in the cross but he continued to minister and love on and heal the sick. So if he'll do that for unsaved, unchristian folk, and you're sitting here this morning saying, I love Jesus. Listen, you're in a good place at the right time to receive from him. And for that matter, you might be here this morning saying, you know what? If you really knew what kind of person that I am, you would say, God can't do nothing for you. Then listen, I want you to know you're the very person that God wants to be here this morning. Because he wants to show you how much he loves you in spite of your behavior. Because Jesus died for all. Salvation is for everyone. And he did it not on your merits, but his. You know, when you think about going to the doctor, I'm sure every single one of us have been to the doctor at some point in time. Doctors take a Hippocratic oath. They take an oath to provide the best care for the patients that they serve because they have a heart to help people. That Hippocratic oath is a oath or a promise. Now, do you know that a doctor could not like you? In fact, I met some of you and I would... (laughs) No, you realize that, you know, again... You don't have to be liked. That doctor could say, you know what? I really don't like the way you look, don't like the way you smell. I just don't like you. But because they made an oath or made a promise, they will serve you with the utmost of their ability to give you care because of the oath that they took. Amen? But let me ask you the question. If we look at a doctor, a man, a person And they say, I will do my utmost within my ability to provide you care. Then do we think that men, that people, that moms or dads are more caring than God himself? No. We can't even begin to understand the heart and the care that God has for us. And for that very reason is why we can go to him in confidence to say, God, I know that you're a healing God. 
because you sent Jesus to make sure that it was available to me. Amen? Now, I mentioned to you that doctors take Hippocratic oaths. Do you realize that God took a Hippocratic oath at the very beginning? At the fall of man? Again, you know the story. Adam and Eve, they fell. They partook of the fruit. And the Bible says that God was getting ready to put them out of the garden. But then God has a conversation with Satan, the one that caused them to fall in the first place. And he says to them or says to the enemy and says to the people, he says, listen, there is one that is coming and he's going to fix the problem that you made. This sin problem that opened the door for sickness and disease to come into the earth. He says, I'm making a vow and a commitment and a promise and an oath. There is one that's coming that is going to fix the problem. The sickness and the disease that came into the earth because of the fall of man, I'm sending one. I'm making an oath and a promise that he is going to be the solution to sickness and disease. Amen? And so the oath began. In Psalms 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. Look at what it says here. He sent his word. Everybody say, he sent. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Once again, God at the beginning made an oath, made a promise, and said, help is on the way. In Psalms 107, it says, he sent his word into the future and said, I give you my promise into the future where you're going to find yourself. And he said, I sent my word so that you might be healed. And then we see here in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, the oath that God made humanity. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning... In the beginning, what beginning are we talking about? The beginning at the fall of man when God said, I'm sending an answer. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And in verse 14, it says, and he became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus. So the oath that God made, we see it coming to pass. And therefore, what Jesus came to do was the fulfillment of what God said at the beginning. I'm sending my word, and my word is Jesus. And Jesus is the healer. In Numbers 23, verse 19, notice what it says. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. So in other words, God can't lie. God cannot lie. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? So God at the beginning said, I'm sending an answer. Can God lie? No, he can't. But there's something significant what he says on the end there. Has God spoken, and will he not make it good? Before man fell, at the very beginning when God made man, do you remember what he said when he stepped back and looked at man after creating him? He stepped back after making man and he says, it's very good. 
So if the Bible says in Numbers, it says, will he not make it good? That must mean if it, he's making it good, it must have been bad. Well, how did it get bad? It got bad because man fell. But God said, I made an oath from the very beginning. I'm going to take what was bad and I'm going to make it good. I'm going to take what was sick and make it whole. I'm going to make that which was enslaved set it free. That which was going to hell, I'm giving eternal life to spend eternity with me. I'm going to take the bad and make it good because I'm sending a package deal of quality and quantity of life in his name's Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's going to make it good. Praise the Lord. And if he's going to make it good, then it must mean he's going to make it better. I said, if he's making it good, it must not have been good. So he's making it better. So depending on what's going on in your body this morning, if it's pain, inflammation, infection, disease, he's getting ready to make it better. Because he said he would. Amen? That's the business that he's in. He's making it good. You might say, what's my part? What's my part in all this? You told me just to sit back and put my faith in neutral. What's your part? The scripture gives us some examples of what our part is. First of all, if you recall, the Bible tells us that an individual came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, I went to your disciples and I asked them to pray for my, my child and he didn't get better. He actually got worse. He says, if you can do anything, please help me. And Jesus says to him, he said, all things are possible. So you might be here this morning and you say, the doctors told me it was impossible, but Jesus said the impossible is possible. He said, if you can, and Jesus says, I can. If you recall, there was an individual that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm struggling. He says, I need help and healing. And Jesus said to him or asked him the question, he says, can you believe? And very open and very transparent, the man says to Jesus, he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many of you know you can have faith in your heart, but your head goes squirrely sometimes because you're looking at the circumstances? He says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And in that moment, Jesus met him and made him whole. Do you remember the other individual where he says, my servant is sick? He says, if you can, will you heal my servant? And Jesus' response was, of course I will. He didn't say, well, now let me look at your resume. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah, you never asked for forgiveness on that one either. No, he just says, I will. Of course I will. So if you're here this morning, he's saying, I will. Of course I will. Now, just as we're getting ready, I want to share this last story with you. Concerned somebody that was just in our church recently, or that is in our church, and things that have transpired recently in their life as you're getting your hearts ready to be prayed for because you listen medicine of the healing power of God is getting ready to come in contact with you and so as you're getting prepared I just want to share again this story concerning a family in our church 
about three years ago, they had their first little baby. And upon having the baby, they were such a, the baby was such a blessing and they were so excited to have a brand new baby boy. But then just within a short while of giving birth, the baby was very colicky. And the baby just would cry and cry and cry. And I've talked to some of you moms and we've never had that in our home. So I can't even begin to understand, but they're like, it is so exhausting for the baby just to cry. You try to console them and all they do is cry and it goes on day after day after day and weeks after weeks and months after months and, and just the monotonous, mundane, repetitive insanity. And so one day, I, I, I even, I don't remember if it was on the dedication day, I can't remember exactly, but the mom said, Pastor, will you pray for our baby? Because our baby keeps on crying. And we just want God to touch this little baby. And so right there on the spot, we prayed for that little baby. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next week, and the next month, and the next year was call it free. Just upon coming. Now listen, this mom... This mom that has been struggling with this baby, crying hours every day, you can know that she would be exhausted emotionally and spiritually. And therefore, she could feel as though, I don't have anything to give. I'm desperate for God to do something. And this says, God, please help. And God ministered to her. You might be in that same place where I'm exhausted emotionally, spiritually. God, I can't do it anymore. And God's here to say, I'm meeting you right where you're at. That same mom had another child got pregnant. And as the pregnancy continued to progress, they started realizing there was some things that should be progressing along and just wasn't in, in, in her body. And as they got going, I think they were, well, they were several weeks early really, really early. And they took measurements of the fluid within the womb and they said, I think it was a three. And they said, we need this to be a seven. And Monday, we need you to come back in. If it is not a seven, we are gonna have to do an emergency C-section. And so she called us once again. Having seen the heavenly father that loved her minister to her firstborn. She said, pastor, she says, I don't want a C-section and I don't want this baby to come this early because it's dangerous. Will you pray? And so we prayed. She went back to the doctor on Monday. They needed a number of seven. When they got there, it was a nine. So it went from a three all the way up to a nine and they said, this doesn't happen. But how many of you know, with God, all things are possible. Now, as time continued to go on, she was having a little bit of complications and they ended up having to do a C-section which was really frustrating to her because she didn't want a C-section. But when they got the baby, one of the things that they discovered, they discovered that her uterus was only half there. A uterus that was half the size that it should have been. And made it difficult to even conceive and carry. But not only did she have one, she had two. And where it would just seem normal that in a half-sized womb, your fluids would be below level. 
But God did a miracle in half of a uterus and made the fluids exactly what they needed. He met the need and surpassed and did exceedingly abundantly above all that could even be asked or thought of. And then as they got in there, they realized that there was a miracle beyond miracles and one miracle after another and to the glory and the goodness of God. Amen? And so you might be here this morning and you're saying, the doctors have said. What the doctors say are facts. But what Jesus says is higher truth. And higher truth supersedes facts. Doctors don't give you the facts to scare you. Doctors don't give you facts to be doom and gloom. They give you the facts. But see, God knew the facts all along. But he knew that at the beginning, he said, one is coming. I'm sending my word to heal. And today is that day that you're going to come face to face with the word, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you're here this morning and you have need in your body, we want to just pray for you. The Bible says this, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So it's just a point of contact. We just want to actually pray for you, put our hands on you to impart the healing power of God. Amen? Now, just to give you some instructions because if we got the platform, if you need prayer, I want you to do two things. There's two aisles right here. Come to that aisle, and whatever side you're on, go to this side or either side. So at this half, if you need prayer, go to that side over there and line up facing the front. If you're on this side, come up here, line up right here facing front, and we're going to pray. Amen? So let me invite you. If you have need in your body, if you need prayer, come on up and join us, and we're going to pray for you. line up right up here please if you will come right on up front up front there we go keep coming keep coming there we go line up straight across have you one over here please just one here yep one over there very good amen my wife is she lining you up if we get too crammed up that's okay this will actually what we'll do is we'll just kind of do it in in waves all right let's just get enough so we have just enough in one row so come straight up this way this way right here there you go. keep coming forward keep coming forward there we go right there good deal all right Praise the Lord. And let me just talk at you for just a moment. All I need you to do, all I want you to do is to put your faith in neutral. I want you just to be in a position where you say, God, I receive right now. And when we pray, the healing power of God is going to come upon your body. And it's going to begin to perform a healing and a cure. Amen? Now, here's the thing that I'm going to ask you to do. When we pray for you and you go back to your seat, don't go back to your seat seeing as something happened. Look for the change that you're looking for. Amen? Because it's the expectation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But we're going to see some things. Amen? Amen. So, as you're standing there in line, what I want you to do is just either lift one hand or both hands, close your eyes, and just put yourself in receiving mode. And then we're going to pray or lay hands on you. Amen? All right? Amen. Honey, why don't you come on this side?
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.